Metaphor, a Canadian union representing 18,000 workers at Detroit Automakers, has successfully ended a short strike after reaching a tentative deal with Stellantis. The deal, which still requires ratification, is similar to the one already struck with Ford Motor and includes wage increases, cost of living allowances, and shorter time to top pay. The strike involved over 8,200 workers at Stellantis plants in Ontario, which are responsible for producing Chrysler 300, Pacifica, Dodge Challenger, and Charger vehicles. The strike officially ended on Monday morning, and both Stellantis North America, COO Mark Stewart, and Unifor National President Lana Payne have praised the agreement. This Canadian deal came after Stellantis reached a tentative deal with the UAW in the U.S. after weeks of strikes. The UAW also has a tentative deal with Ford, but not with GM. Unifor negotiated separately with each automaker and used the Ford deal as a model, while the UAW bargained with all three automakers at once and did not follow a pattern. Unifor had a national strike against GM for 12 hours three weeks ago, which was resolved when GM agreed to match the Ford deal. Unifor has now finished its negotiations for this year. Five Nights at Freddy's is a horror film that is based on a popular video game series. It managed to make $78 million in its opening weekend, making it the second biggest video game adaptation ever and the third biggest horror debut. It even managed to surpass Taylor Swift's concert film, which came in second with $14.7 million. The movie was given a PG-13 rating, which made it appealing to young fans who have played the games. Director Emma Tammy made the film as a gateway horror movie for kids. The movie received mixed reviews from critics, but it was well-liked by audiences who gave it an A- rating. The plot revolves around a pizza parlor that has been abandoned and is now inhabited by murderous animatronic animals. The film premiered on NBC Universal's streaming service Peacock at the same time as it premiered in theaters. Universal claims that it was the biggest opening on the platform. McDonald's reported higher earnings and revenue than expected in the third quarter. Its global same-store sales grew 8.8%, beating estimates. The U.S. same-store sales rose 8.1%, driven by price hikes that offset lower traffic. The company said it still offers value and affordability to customers, despite rising costs. It gained market share with middle- and high-income consumers who traded down from more expensive options. The company's International Operated Markets Division saw same-store sales growth of 8.3%, helped by strong demand in the UK, Germany, and Canada. The International Developmental Licensed Markets Division had same-store sales growth of 10.9%, led by China and Japan. McDonald's said it expects to face higher commodity, labor, and supply chain costs in the fourth quarter and beyond. It plans to invest more in marketing, technology, and restaurant upgrades to drive growth. It also announced a 7% increase in its quarterly dividend. Some pharmacy staff from Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, and other chains are planning to walk out this week 
to protest unsafe working conditions. They say they face understaffed teams, low pay and high work expectations. They call the effort Farmageddon and hope it will push the companies to make changes. The walkout will last from Monday to Wednesday and could affect hundreds of stores, according to organisers. Most of the participants are from Walgreens who started the initiative. Some rallies are also planned outside some locations. The organisers are also considering unionising the pharmacy staff who are not represented. They say they want to join the labour movement that has been active this year. The companies say they recognise the work of their pharmacists and technicians and have taken steps to support them. They say they have improved technology, centralised operations and engaged with staff to address their concerns. The walkout follows previous demonstrations by some Walgreens and CVS staff in different regions. CVS apologised to its staff in Kansas City and committed to improvements after the walkouts there. Sesame Street is changing its format for season 55, which will be the last one under its deal with Max, the streaming service of Warner Brothers Discovery. The show will end its magazine-style structure and have two 11-minute narrative segments connected by a new animated series called Tales from 1, 2, 3. The change is the biggest since 2016, when the show shortened its length from one hour to 30 minutes. The executives of Sesame Workshop, the non-profit behind the show, said the new format will allow more storytelling and nuance for the viewers. The show has faced challenges in recent years as it moved its library to Max, which is not aimed at children. PBS, the show's previous home, has been getting episodes nine months later. Max also removed about 200 older episodes last year. The revamp is not related to the end of the Max deal, according to the executives. They said they have not decided whether to renew the deal or go elsewhere. They said they want to be relevant to the audience and give them reasons to watch the new episodes. The Pentagon's Space Development Agency, SDA, has awarded $1.3 billion in contracts to York Space and Northrop Grumman to build 100 satellites for a military communications network. The network, called the Proliferated Warfighter Space Architecture, PWSA, will provide encrypted communications for the U.S. military in space. York will build 62 satellites, and Northrop will build 38 satellites for the Alpha variant of the transport layer, T2TL constellation, which is part of the PWSA. The T2TL-Alpha satellites are expected to launch in 2026. Northrop has also won a contract to build 36 satellites for the beta variant of the T2TL constellation along with Lockheed Martin. The T2TL beta satellites are scheduled to launch in 2027. The SDA is building the PWSA to keep up with China's growing space capabilities and to enhance national security. The first satellites of the PWSA, called Tranche Zero, launched in April to demonstrate the feasibility of the network. The SDA has also contracted SpaceX and L3 Harris to build and operate other satellites in its fleet. The Space Force has requested $30 billion for fiscal 2024 
to funded space programs. Shane has bought British fast fashion brand Misguided from the Fraser's Group as the company looks to expand its market share and global reach ahead of a rumoured U.S. initial public offering, the company's announced Monday. The acquisition will see Shine manufacture Misguided's products and sell them on both companies' websites as an independent brand, while Fraser's will retain Misguided's real estate and employees, according to news releases. As part of the deal, Shane will license Misguided's intellectual property to Someone Studios, a joint venture between Shane and Misguided founder Knighton Passy. Someone will manage and operate the Misguided brand. The terms of the deal were not disclosed. The acquisition comes just over a year after the Fraser's Group bought Misguided out of administration or the British version of bankruptcy for £20 million, $24.3 million. The brand gained prominence when it went viral for selling one-pound bikinis and became a major player in British fast fashion. But it later found itself in dire financial straits and could not pay its suppliers. Shane's acquisition of Misguided comes as the company looks to expand its marketplace model and offer a broader range of products to its 150 million customers. The deal will allow Shane to grow its market share and deepen its global penetration. Misguided's assortment is similar to lines carried by its new parent company because the brand is focused on the latest trends and skews lower in price. Even so, its products can be more expensive than Shine's and could attract a different demographic. The joint venture we have entered ushers in a new format of partnerships for Shine, Donald Tang, Shine's executive chairman, said in a news release. Shine aims to reignite the misguided brand, capitalizing on its unique brand personality and fueling its global growth through Shine's on-demand production model, unparalleled e-commerce expertise, and global reach. Last week, Shane announced plans to launch a co-branded clothing line with former rival Forever 21 after the two retailers partnered up in a joint venture earlier this year. Under the agreement, Shane took a stake in Forever 21's operator Sparks Group, which includes brand management firm Authentic Brands Group and mall owner Simon Property Group. Shane also began selling its clothes in Forever 21's stores.